0: As we've been studying in Philippians, we've learned that Paul had discovered that religious rites, religious heritage, religious practices, religious works, and religious obedience could not give him confidence before God. He had gladly traded them all for a relationship with Christ, a righteousness from Christ, and the promise of a resurrection through Christ. That did not mean, however, that he was content to just sit back and wait for Christ to return. He still had work to do. He hadn't done all that Christ had commissioned him to do, nor had he become all that Christ had called him to be. So he said, I press on. I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. I press on for the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And in order to press on, he realized there were two things he had to do. He had to forget what was behind him. And he had to reach forward to what was ahead. Not that I have already attained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. When Paul said that he hadn't obtained, he wasn't talking about his relationship or his righteousness or even his resurrection. He had a relationship with Christ. He had been made righteous by Christ, and he had died to self and had come alive in Christ. What he's talking about is having completed The course. When he says he hasn't become perfect, he means he hasn't completed everything he had to complete. He hadn't laid hold of everything for which he had been laid hold of by Christ. Jesus had laid hold of Paul to accomplish certain things, and they weren't done yet. So he pressed on. And to press on required forgetting... And reaching. Forgetting what lies behind. And reaching forward. To what lies ahead. If we would press on. And lay hold of that. For which Christ has laid hold of us. We too. Must be forgetting. And reaching. Now. Paul says he's committed to forgetting what lies behind. He's not talking about obliterating his memory. There is much we should learn from our past and remember. He's talking about becoming absorbed by the past. Living in the past. Becoming paralyzed by the past. And that happens. That happens. Some people allow the past to impede the present. And there are several categories of past experiences that seem to really have the power to do just that. Our sins, our sorrows, and our successes. These we need to put behind us. Far too many... Christians are still dragging their sins around with them. That fact was poetically pictured by John Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress and powerfully portrayed by Robert De Niro in The Mission. In the 1986 movie, De Niro played a mercenary in South America who, after killing his brother in a fit of jealousy, condemned himself and gave up on life. A priest challenged him to seek forgiveness through penance. Now, the concept of penance is foreign to us, and rightfully so. We don't pay for our sins. Christ did. But the man accepted the challenge of trying to pay for his sins, By following the priests into the jungle to build a mission and to minister to the natives he had previously hunted and sold to slave traders. But he didn't think it was enough to just go. So he tied a bag containing the instruments of his former life to himself and proceeded to drag it behind him. As he trudged through the jungle, it continued to hold him back and make him stumble. When he was climbing the waterfall, it caused him to slip more than once and not only endangered his life, but the lives of others with him. When he finally arrived at the village, the natives recognized him, and their first response was to want to kill him. But then something unexpected happened, and he found release from his past. そう、<音楽> go 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 Thank you. Ha, <laughs> ha, Far too many Christians drag their sins around with them. What a powerful picture of the release that comes from forgiveness. No, Paul could have continued dragging his sins around with him. He was a persecutor of the church. He had imprisoned and condemned Christians. He held the coats of those who stoned Stephen. He could have been haunted by his past sins. But he had been forgiven. And he knew it. He believed the truth of 1 John 1, 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us From all unrighteousness. He believed what the psalmist said in our reading this morning. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Did you ever wonder why he said east and west instead of north and south? Well, north and south, they meet. At the Poles, east and west, never meet. Paul believed the prophet Micah when he said, Yes, thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. He believed John the Baptist when he declared, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Paul was able to put his sins behind him. They had been forgiven. He didn't let guilt from past sins, whether they be long past or immediate past, hold him back and make him feel unworthy to be used by God today. He put his sins and The guilt from his sins behind him, as he also did his sorrows. You know, life hadn't been easy for Paul. He had had more than his share of heartaches and defeats and failures. He had been disappointed, even abandoned by co-workers. He had been misunderstood by churches and physically attacked by his enemies. God even allowed nature to work against him, being shipwrecked three times and bitten by a poisonous snake. He had been humiliated, alienated, and ostracized for preaching the gospel. But he kept on doing it. He didn't let his past heartaches and defeats and failures keep him from trying again. You know, how many of us simply give up and quit when things don't go as we had hoped. We get get gun shy and we back off. We say, I tried and figure that's good enough. We forget that Resurrection power brings life out of death, success out of failure. We forget that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We forget that power is perfected in weakness and steel is tempered by fire. We need to quit licking our wounds and let them heal so we can get a get back about our father's business. We've got to forget our sins and our sorrows and our successes. Yes, even our successes. You know, Paul could have quit after the first or second missionary journey. He had by then already established more churches than anyone else. He could have quit after writing an epistle or two. How many men actually get the privilege of writing Scripture? He could have retired and written his memoirs and basked in his legacy. But he didn't. He kept right on working. He didn't live in the successes of the past. He lived in the struggles of of the present, and he did so willingly and with enthusiasm. He said, I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. He knew as long as he lived, Christ had work for him to do, and he wasn't about to quit. Brian Harbour, in his little commentary on Philippians, has written this. One of the problems in the church today is that we have too many Christians who've given up too soon. Too many of us have retired, hung up our spiritual uniforms, taken the sabbatical and sat down under the shade of the old apple tree to wait for the Lord to come. And we ought to be out still running The race. Millions in the church today feel like they have done their part, run their race, and finished their course, when in reality, they've not even made it through the first lap. We've got to put our sins, our sorrows, and our successes behind us and continue reaching forward to what lies ahead. The word Paul used for reaching forward pictures a runner straining, leaning forward to touch the finish line before anyone else. He thinks of nothing else but the goal ahead of him and puts everything he has into achieving it. Paul never quit the race. He said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The goal was still out in front of him. He hadn't yet laid hold of everything that Christ had set before him. He hadn't yet done all or become all Christ had planned for him. So he kept on running, stretching, reaching. He was still listening to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He was still becoming more and more like Jesus every day. He hadn't yet arrived at the goal. The prize wasn't yet in his hand. And wouldn't be until the day he would hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord. So he pressed on and he expected all who were perfect to have the same attitude. Now his use of the word perfect can be confusing in this whole text here. Back in verse 12 he said that he hadn't become perfect and then in verse 15 he says as many as are perfect should share his desire to press on. look at it, it almost appears that he's making a play on words here or maybe even speaking with tongue-in-cheek. Now, he recognized that he hadn't arrived. He hadn't finished the course set out for him by Christ. He wasn't finished, and so in that sense, he wasn't perfect. And the way he used the word perfect there referred to moral perfection. It didn't refer to moral perfection. It referred to completion. He hadn't completed what Christ had for him to do. He wasn't finished, and God wasn't finished with him. Perhaps some in Philippi thought they were finished. They may have quit after the first lap and thought the race was over. But if they were mature, another meaning of the word perfect, they would realize that they hadn't arrived yet either. God still had work for them. To do. He says, you who think you've arrived, think about it again. I don't think you're there yet. I don't think you're there yet. We press on. You know, God isn't finished with any of us until he calls us home. So we keep pressing on. You know, when I was younger, you know, you look ahead to retirement. But someone gave me a little... Plaque or something, I stood at my office. It says, A preacher's retirement is out of this world. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. <laughs> you know, as long, as long as God has work for us to do, we keep doing it. We just keep doing it. We press on. We don't let anything hold us back. Many of us, far too many of us, let sin and guilt hold us back. Many of us are frustrated by failures and we just give up. And some take the attitude, well, I did my part. None of that works. We press on. We press on. We keep doing what we've been called to do. God isn't finished with any of us until he calls us home. So we press on. We keep moving. We keep living by that standard to which we have attained, the standard of becoming like Christ and serving him. And that's a standard that keeps us ever reaching forward, pressing on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We never quit the race. We keep walking with our Lord. We may, we may not be able to run in the race. We may have to use those cool little scooters. But we keep walking with the Lord. In the light of his word, we do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Listen.